Hey guys, this is Samantha, your host with the Not Anything Special podcast, Books, Life, Business, and Service. Basically, I'm going to go through some books that uh, I've read and continue to read over and over again and discuss them. Sometimes I'll have a guest, sometimes I won't. Depending on how long the book is or how long I just want to talk and hopefully you'll listen to me the whole time. So today's discussion is going to be The Four Agreements, a Toltec Book of Wisdom uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz. Basically, this uh, book goes over agreements that you make with yourself. The first one's be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. Number four, always do your best. Basically, Ruiz starts off a book about a Toltec individual, uh, ancient civilization or non-ancient, whether or not your beliefs, um, about a gentleman being basically a medicine man, learning how to do it, and wakes up from a dream and, and basically thinks that he has all the answers and he sees everything so clearly and, and so on. The huge thing is that in order for him not to forget, he calls himself the smoky mirror. And really, it's that in itself is almost something that you just want to look at it at itself. I mean, smoky mirror. Something that you can't really see your reflection back in. And so it's almost like a pun of so he can remind himself to always remember what he's what he saw in his dreams. So it it kind of goes on and, and tells a story about the smoky mirror and then goes into um, basically talks about the human perception and how we make these agreements from childhood that, you know, you're told not to do this, told not to do that, believe in this, don't believe in that, um, even as a child, oh, you you can't say that someone might get offended. So you learn all these things and you base your life on these agreements that you make, whether it's your parents or someone raising you to say, hey, you can't do that because you're going to offend somebody. You need to you need to play it, you know, close to your chest and not say anything or don't say anything. You're going to hurt someone's feelings or, you know, just don't say that to somebody because of the fact that that's not our business and and you might hurt their feelings if they know that someone else is saying something. Um, but it's it's all about spiritual beliefs and about freedom, true happiness, love. Uh, the agreements, it's structured um, so that way you can kind of, the first one is be impeccable with your word. And it's, as Rui states, it's the most important thing because without your word, most people say that you don't really have anything. Uh, you live by your word. You do what you say. You say what you're going to do. Uh, and it's also the most difficult to honor because, quite frankly, it is. Like, how many, they say that on an average, someone tells 10 white lies. The FBI did a study and the CIA did this study a long time ago with some doctors, what have you states that most people lie about 10 times a day. And 
they're mostly white lies. Like, for instance, you might tell your wife or your husband that you did something and you haven't done it yet, but you're going to do it and they won't know if you've ever done it or not. So you're kind of lying that you've done it already, even though you're going to do it later on. Um, you're... The, the whole thing about being impeccable with your word is uh, he goes into like the definition um, and it's a theological, you know, uh, basically the Oxford says it's behavior or performance um, to a high standard of proprietary and, and faultless, theologically non-liable to sin. Huh. Well, no fault, no blame, not capable of sinning or liable to sin. Impeccable has been used in the English language since the 16th century, derives from the Latin word impeccabilis, a combination of the Latin prefix meaning not and the verb uh, precary meaning sin. Uh, and it kind of goes on. This is Webster's version of of what impeccable actually means and breaks it down into into uh, the latin meaning of everything but realistically when you just listen to that sentence be impeccable with your word what how many people have a hard time doing that every day i know i do sometimes i definitely have a hard time and it's not as much about holding my integrity and doing the right thing when no one's looking. It's more of how do you not hurt somebody's feelings? Uh, that's the most one that's ringing true for me right now. And it's hard because you don't say something to somebody if it's going to do them harm. Meaning that someone asks you something, yeah, well, you don't want to do them any harm, but at the same time, you want to be impeccable with your words. So are you not being impeccable because you're not saying the entire truth? And how does that affect you? And are you going to self-loathe or self-judge because you didn't exactly say the entirety of what you were thinking because the fact that it would hurt somebody else's feeling? So in fact, reality, are you being impeccable with your word? I don't know. That's a question that you got to answer for yourself. So the second agreement, don't take anything personal. Well, I feel like that's harder with don't be, to be impeccable with your word because we're all taught about other people's opinions and how that lifts you up. And when someone says, oh man, you did a great job and it makes you feel really good inside and it's almost like those endorphins are released and you're feeling pretty high because people are giving you praise and, and that type of thing. So how how are you not supposed to take it personal when it makes you feel so good when someone says, hey, you did a great job, I really appreciate it. Or like, hey, you're, you're doing a crappy job. And then all of a sudden you go into self-loathing. So you have to almost look at what's the reasoning why someone is telling you you're doing a good job. Are they placating you? Or are you actually doing something well, but you know you're doing something well. So yeah, it's nice that they say it, but you already know that you're doing a really good job and that all comes into the fourth agreement. But 
And then on what if someone says, oh, you're not doing a good job or you need to do this or you need to do that. And in actual reality, you just can't take it personal because every time you take something personal, it inhibits yourself and and who you are as a person and starts you start degrading yourself. It becomes like some self-loathing little circle and you just keep getting on that merry-go-round going over and over again. But, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And they're right. I'm not doing a good job on this, right? You know, what, what can I do? Well, you got to be settled with yourself. If you're doing a good job on something, you know you're doing a good job because you're doing the best of your ability. And if you can't figure it out, you always got to ask for help. It's okay to do that, right? But don't take anything personal. I, I feels like almost hard, even in your own relationships with a wife or a husband. And for instance, your partner wakes up in the morning and is just not having a good day and kind of snaps at you a little bit. Not even really snap, just kind of a little bit more harsher words. How do you not take that personally? Or how do you move around that to, to not go, oh man, this is going to be a crappy day. You got to like kind of what do they say, step left and let it go, kind of walk around the situation and, and just kind of let it go and filter into the background? Do you hold on to it? You know, I used to hold on to it. Man, it, sometimes it's not hard. It, it's hard to hold on. Oh, let me rephrase it. It's, it's hard not to hold on to something when it's somebody so close to you. If it's somebody that's out in life, like, eh, whatever, you know, but when it's someone so close to you and they're having a bad day and how do you kind of filter that? You just got to keep saying to yourself, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. I can tell you sometimes that's probably the hardest thing um, to do in life is not to take something personal. Uh, Ruiz explains, uh, things that it's the most hurtful thing to do is not, is to take something personal, but also wants you to create a self, a strong of, a strong sense of yourself and not need reliance on other people's opinions because once you rely on other people's opinions you're really just doing detriment to yourself so then we go into the third agreement don't make assumptions and that's hard because if you're not following that second agreement man that can really go into a slippery slope right but if you're relying on that second agreement and then you go into the third should be to make it a little bit easier because you're not relying on your own assumptions or other people's assumptions because if it's other people's assumptions, you don't really care about their opinion. You just live by the second rule, you know, don't take anything personal. And then when you're trying to do the third one, it's only yourself that you're not trying to make assumptions about something else. So if, you know, man, the... If someone says something, you can't read into that conversation. You have to just let it go. Um, When you start making assumptions about things, you create conflict, you create drama. It doesn't really go with clear communication because if there's something going on in your life 
and you're not directly talking to that person or your partner, then it's not creating a clear communication line and you're making assumptions about what was meant by that or that type of stuff. And then we go into the fourth agreement. And the fourth agreement, always do your best. Um, I can tell you well, sometimes work, I don't want to do my best. Get to the end of the end of the day, man. And I some every now and again, I just want to cut a corner and you can't. Like, I just tell myself one more minute, just do it one more minute. You can do this for one more minute. And I keep, okay, because that next minute is going to turn into half an hour, an hour. And you're going to, before long, you're going to be able to do your best for the whole job that you're doing. Always doing your best to the fullest potential. Um, not having any regrets. And it also allows you not to self-judge. Because if you're not doing your best, and you're like, man, I, I, like for instance, I, I used to be a firefighter. I retired after 23 years. And sometimes, you know, you, you've had a long shift. And, you know, at the end of the shift, your engine's supposed to be clean. You're supposed to turn it over to the next crew. And everything is supposed to be aligned. And if I didn't make sure that there was fuel in the engine, at least three quarters, right? That was that was a thing. You got to have at least three quarters of fuel inside the engine. So that way, if they go on a call or something happens on an incident, they've got plenty of time. But man, you just get back from a call and and you're going off shift. And sometimes you just want to go home. And, and at the same time, you're like, oh, I got to go get fuel. And that extra 10 minutes of having to take the engine and go get the fuel and come back. And then it puts you 10 minutes behind, sometimes 20 minutes behind. Because then you see, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't wash it thoroughly enough or it didn't get washed. And then you're having to wash it because of the fact that you can't leave it behind. You have to do your best. And then I retired and, and went into car detailing. And that is, man, sometimes at the end of the day, it's like 5 o'clock, it's 90 degrees outside in California, and I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, got a tent above the car, and and, and I just want to be done. But it's that one minute, just one minute longer of doing everything I can, and that one minute allows my brain not to go, okay, well, I've got 30 minutes left. If I just take it one minute at a time, all of a sudden those minutes... And I'm at my 30 minutes and I've done it to the best of my ability and brought it to its maximum potential, right? So doing your best is at your full potential. Now, there's times I don't do my best, man. There's like, I don't wipe the counters thoroughly all the time, right? When you're at home, you might leave a couple crumbs or maybe you saw something on the floor and you're just like, ugh, and you just walk away. How is that playing to do your best all the time? Um, I guess that's going to be something you're going to have to to look at yourself. What does do your best mean to you? So how do you, how do you live by all these four agreements? Because Ruiz, he he really thinks and believes true heartily that this these four agreements are going to set you free. 
that your life's going to be so much better. And I can tell you, after reading this book, I had to reread this book a couple times, and I listened to it on Audible, and, and I've been really trying hard to to live my life by these four agreements. Has it gotten things gotten easier? Absolutely. Has my personal relationship with my partner gotten better? Absolutely. Uh, things with my customers, um, my family members, even like just walking my dog. <laughs> I mean, oh, just, you know, one more minute, one more minute because my dog deserves it. And so I want to even do the best for my dog. So be impeccable with your word. Don't make, sorry, don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. So that's pretty much it for the podcast today. Um, maybe next time I'll have a guest. Maybe I won't, but I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, pretty much going to just take books and 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 kind of dissect them and how what they mean to me and and hope that you enjoy it and hope you follow and and join the Facebook group the not anything special podcast all right guys have a great night